top of the morning, Playmakers Corner listeners and PMC fam. This is your host for today's episode, Cody Stoffer, and today we are going to be doing a little bit of a focused episode here on some Mead football requests. And in case you don't remember, Mead was the 3A state runner-up and is a fantastic program up in northern Colorado that will continue to produce talented and solid squads. However, today we are going to be focusing on a few seniors, actually make that five seniors, and one junior player who will be returning, who is a big contributor to this team, and uh, talk about some of the guys that maybe he should model his game after. But the very first player we are going to talk about here today is Corby Teku, the running back here out of Mead, or one of the three-headed monster, I should say, out of Mead. And so just going to jump right into this here. Corby does a lot of things really well, but nothing quite like his tackle breaking. And I mean, at six foot two, 220 pounds, that is something that you could probably expect from this guy. As I rated his tackle breaking at an 8.2, he has a very powerful stiff arm. He's incredibly hard to bring down. He can run through defenders fairly easily and makes quick work of you know a lot of defenses especially once he gets into the secondary he basically needs to get tripped up for him to be brought down and even then that's pretty hard seeing as how his balance slash body control is rated at a 7.7 he does show good balance obviously that's something that goes a little bit hand in hand with tackle breaking but you know he does a good job of staying on his feet, recovering from stumbles, and, you know, just does a good job of keeping his chest over his knees a lot of the time. In addition to that, you know, I have his power slash explosiveness rated at a 7.8. He can really, you know, accelerate strongly into defenders and, you know, continue to run through them. That's where that power comes from. And his explosiveness, just being able to really get that burst from that back foot as he pushes forward into a defender or you know into the next part of his run uh, lots of explosiveness in and out of his cuts so there all of those things are very strong and at you know high sevens still at a seven form is his receiving he's a pretty good receiver as are the rest of the running backs on this episode he's asked to run out of the backfield a lot as well as online scrimmage screens deep throws posts uh, some intermediate routes, but mainly over-the-top kind of plays. He does a good job of getting behind the defense and shows solid speed at at least the receiver position and at times also the running back position. Both of those kind of land him at a 6.7 in speed. It's not world-ending. And also, running backs, stop speeding up your film. It actually pisses me off when... The film is speed up, especially when I watch Gavin Garrison's film of the same play, and it's not the same speed. So don't do that. That's really frustrating. It, scouts will take the time to watch the play. Um, it's easier to grade when everything is moving at the actual pace of the game. But I digress. You know, he still has solid speed. I rated it at 6.7. Pretty good. Uh, his acceleration, it takes him a little bit longer to get up to speed, I would say. So his acceleration is rated at a 6.3, but no big deal there, honestly. And, you know, at this point, we can kind of start talking about areas of improvement here. 
I have his vision rated as his lowest category here at a five. He looks way too much for the outside, and that's something that is gonna be a common theme amongst the running backs here on this episode, is that they just chase the outside way too much and maybe don't look for the cutback lanes as much as they should. Footwork-wise, his footwork, his base can be really wide sometimes or way too narrow, and it can be way too choppy or not choppy enough and just leads to not the best change of direction, which is something I have rated at a 5.8. I mean, he can make moves, he can make jukes and cuts, but they're not the most crisp or they're not necessarily, you know, the biggest moves in his arsenal, if that makes sense. And then lastly, you know, his blocking is good. You know, I have it rated at a 6.2, but I do think it can be improved. And, you know, he just needs to keep his head on a swivel a little bit more when blocking, especially downfield, is where I see that most often. But, you know, overall, you take a look at all of these scores here for Corby, and, you know, he's not going to be playing football on the next level. That's why I decided to talk about him first. He is actually going to be playing Division I lacrosse, as it turns out, for Drexel University. So congratulations to, you know, his commitment to Drexel and wishing him the best of luck. I mean, it looked like he had interest from Wyoming as well for football, but he's also a pretty dang good lacrosse player. So wishing him the best of luck on the next level. And um, yeah, overall, you know, Corby for this, you know, Mead team, he was pretty electric, honestly. And when you look at, you know, this Mead team that had so many weapons on offense, he was the second leading rusher with 621 yards, and he was the leading receiver with 581 yards and scored 16 total touchdowns this year on the offensive end of the ball. This Mead offense scored points like no one's business, and Corby was a huge part of that. And, uh, I mean, he's going to be a huge part of the Drexel offense for lacrosse because he can score goals like a mad lad as well. But that does it for Corby Teku. Coming up next, we got another Mead player on tap. Morning, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. We are back here with a Mead focus episode. And so the next Mead player we are going to address is the tackle slash sometimes guard, Dalton Brown, six foot three, 290 pounds. And a good way to kick down the door on this episode is talking about that framer size and how that translates to his grade, which, you know, for his size, I did grade at an 8.4, you know, I mean, just 290 pounds, six foot three, that's next level size, honestly. You could ask for the 300s range, you could ask for a little bit taller, um, but his size isn't really the issue so much as his wingspan and or reach, but we will get to that later. Talking about things that he does well other than being big, he is a very strong football player. There are plays where he just pushes someone and it's enough to put him into the ground. His highlight reel, starts off with multiple pancakes in multiple situations. So I can trust that 
he can go up against most defensive linemen and especially linebackers. If he gets his hand on a linebacker, it's basically over for that guy. And so, you know, actually upon further consideration, I will put his strength at an 8.3. It is a three-star level of strength and, you know, is not necessarily the reason he's being overlooked. Furthermore, you know, his footwork is really dang good. I rated his footwork at a 7. I think that he does a good job of keeping his legs moving as well as, you know, keeping a very strong base in the run game and that he does a really good job at all of that. Um, the only thing I would say is his footwork needs to get quicker in the pass pro game. So there are some highlights there. I also graded his vision slash field view at a 5.1. I think that, you know, in space, he does a good job of making the correct read on who to block. And, you know, overall just does a good job of moving to the next level whenever he gets a chance to. And, you know, on top of that, that's why his, you know, combo blocking slash run blocking is rated at a 5.6. Because, you know, he does pay attention to who he's going to block next. He keeps his eyes upfield. And I think that that is fantastic for a next level player. I will say, you know, his pull blocking, he isn't really asked to do it all that much. So this is where we'll start to look into areas of improvement. I have that rated out of 4.9 just because of the way that he moves in space. I think that, or at least the way that he moves on combo blocking, that it is possible for him to improve at that. So that's mainly based off of potential as well as, you know, other categories. But, you know, Dalton Brown, I will say, is a very raw prospect. He doesn't have the best hand fighting. He doesn't have the most agile movement in space, and he's not super athletic. I think that all of these combine for a reason why he's not really asked to pull all that much, because he just doesn't move super spectacular. I think that maybe 6'3", 290 might be a little too heavy for him to get elite, you know, collegiate level movement. And I think that those are things that are holding him back. In addition to that, he doesn't have the best pass protection. Now, the thing about all of these players is that when I watch Gavin Gerritsen's film, I get to watch every single one of these players in a different context that's not on their highlight reel. And so Dalton Brown consistently struggles in the pass rush game. People can beat him across his face with a speed rush. He doesn't really have hand fighting to combat, you know, different pass rushers. And, you know, he does protect the quarterback from time to time, but I also do see help thrown to his side a little bit more often than I see help thrown to the other side. And, you know, that is definitely a worry because you need a tackle who can do both on the next level. And if you can't pass protect where the game of football currently is right now, that is a very bad look and something that must be improved in you know this offseason or just in the future at whatever collegiate program he may go to. And so, you know, with that's something else that kind of took a ding on his vision slash field view. I think that it's solid in the run game as far as combo blocking. However, it is lacking in the pass game, being able to adapt to blitzes maybe, or different pass rushes or stunts. He just does not handle those very well. So I think that his passing, just his pass pro game needs to get significantly improved and that he needs to work on his athleticism and his overall movement.
more than probably anything else. And so, oh wow, on his uh, Twitter, he's listed at six foot four, two eighty five. So either way, still really good sized. But it looks like he has received an offer to uh, Minot State. I want to say is what that is. So that looks like one of his most recent ones. I'm just kind of scrolling through his Twitter a little bit here. He was invited to a Chadron State camp. So, you know, there's some stuff there. And, you know, he was invited to mines. So he's been invited to a handful of camps, which is good that he's getting, you know, those that attention. And, you know, I think that... I think that he... Okay, so before I jump into, you know, assessing those offers, I'll talk about his final grade here. I have him graded at a 55.8. This has him as a very raw and definitely a developmental prospect. And so with that being said, I don't know if Juco might be, you know, a great option for Dalton Brown here just because he is going to get that, you know, professional coaching. He is going to you know, he's going to get the development and the coaching that he needs because I do think that he is just a very raw prospect. And I think that by going Juco, you give yourself time to develop. You're going to have that redshirt year. You're going to have, you know, that strength and conditioning coach. And then, you know, with the size that he has and with, you know, the upside and potential that he has and the flashes that he has shown, I think he could be a Division One player but I might recommend moving to guard, perhaps. And then, you know, if you dominate as a mauling kind of guard on the JUCO level, as well as develop, you know, your uh, pass protection, which gets a little bit easier when you move inside as opposed to the tackle position, then I think D1 offers can honestly start come and uh, rolling in for Dalton Brown here. So that would be my recommendation for Dalton Brown. And, you know, I still want to give him kudos for having an incredible high school career and obviously being integral to this mid rushing attack that just went ballistic this year. I mean, they ran for a total of, I want to say, 3,000 yards? Yeah, 3,067 yards and 35 touchdowns. And you don't do that without an incredible run blocking line and Dalton Brown was certainly integral to that and you know that uh, state runner-up performance so that's my breakdown on Dalton Brown and coming up next we're going to be talking about some more of these athletes here at Mead High School. Hey y'all, we're talking about the Mead Mavericks, you know, 2021-2022 season and, you know, some studs that came out of it, especially in this class of 22. And for the middle of this episode, we are going to jump to the defensive side of the ball and talk about Kaili Casco out of Mead. He was at free safety is what I'm going to be grading him at. Standing in at six foot one, weighing 190 pounds, and having a 40 yard dash of 4.7. You know, he is built like a next level, you know, safety. And, you know, he is committed to play football 
on the next level at Dakota State. So congratulations to his commitment there. But let's go ahead and jump into the rubric here and, you know, everything that Ke'ili does well. And so I think he's a very solid prospect. You know, his pass contest consistency, I have as his highest grade, I have this rated at a three-star rating of 8.6. He constantly gets his hands into the arms of receivers and he gets his hands on the ball no matter what and forces a lot of incompletions that maybe he doesn't have the best leverage on just because, you know, he has long arms and has a great knack for knowing where the ball is going to go and also can kind of tell how the receiver is going to be positioned before the receiver is even positioned and that makes for incredible plays on the ball great pass breakups and a lot of frustrations for these wide receivers and quarterbacks that he had to match up against and you know further elaborating on that i want to say his man coverage ability is also pretty solid at a 7.6 i have it rated that high because you know he does lock up guys and, you know, he will follow them across the field, especially tight ends and slot wide receivers. He'll follow them all the way across the field, blanket them, punch the ball out. He can also, you know, cover those outside receivers on the boundary and stuff like that. And just shows a lot of competency in man coverage looks. So that's why I have it rated at a 7.6. In addition to that, I have his zone coverage ability at a 6.8. He shows a lot of different zone coverage looks as far as, you know, cover two and buzzing the flats and playing that mid zone a little bit. I wish that I got to see a couple more looks, like maybe some more cover four, some more cover three or cover one, like a robber kind of look. Didn't see too many of those looks, honestly. But, you know, he succeeds at what he's asked to do and breaks up passes, especially on those underneath routes. You know, he does a good job of closing that distance and you know breaking up that pass and you know talking about closing that distance i'm going to talk about his top end speed i have it rated at a 6.0 here or actually a 6.2 my bad um simply because you know like i said he closes distance really well he can run pretty fast and i think that his 40 yard dash time that he has listed is a 4.7 i want to say and so, you know, those are all impressive and his in-game speed uh, checks out to that extent. So top end speed also in that six range with his zone coverage ability. Uh, bouncing back a little bit to a higher grade here, his height slash frame, I have it rated at a 7.1. Like I said, six foot one, 190 pounds. Obviously, probably want him to get a little bit bigger if he's not going to get too much taller, but it's still a solid frame and size for the next level. So that's not too big of a worry. Then we hit kind of some of these middle of the road categories a little bit here. Like I have his agility slash hip fluidity at a five. You know, there are times where he can move his hips very, very well, but there are also times where it looks very rigid and very kind of mechanical almost where it's step one, step, step two, twist, step three, explode out. So, you know, those are all things that I, you know, it's, it kind of bounces back and forth depending on the play, so that's what lands him kind of in the middle of the road here. And then his hit power, I have it rated at a 5.2. There are examples where he does show that he can lay the wood and, you know, really light someone up. I just don't see a high level of consistency with it. There are some running backs that do push him backwards, and I think that if your hit power slash tackling ability is a little bit higher, that doesn't necessarily happen as much on your film as it did to uh, Casco here. But all those being addressed, the there are some areas of improvement on top of these kind of middle of the road categories. And, you know, 
I'd say the biggest one is his run defendability. Now, there are times on his film where he does come up and make a play on the run, and so that's why it almost reached a five, but more often than not, he waits for the run to come to him, and I think that if you're going to be an all-around safety, you need to be making plays in the backfield at the line of scrimmage pretty regularly, and so his run defendability, I have it rated out of 4.9 because as the year goes on, he does start making plays closer and closer to the line of scrimmage, but he has to be way more instinctive and, you know, I think that he has to be way more explosive going up. And part of the reason why I think he doesn't go up is just because he doesn't have a huge bag when it comes to shedding blocks. You know, somebody gets his, gets their hands on him and he kind of struggles to get off of it. And he's not a huge hand fighting guy. So I think that arm wise, he has to get a little bit stronger and learn how to use some leverage and shed some blocks as well to then become a better player in the run game. Highlighting all of that, you know, I think that you can do a lot of things about this. For one, you got to watch more film and understand what looks the offense is going to give you that signifies, you know, a run play is coming. And also, I think that you just have to put in a little bit more work, um, not necessarily in the weight room, because, I mean, he has good lifting numbers. I mean, you know, he has a squat of 405 pounds. He has a power clean of 225. He has a bench press of, you know, 10 reps of 185 and a max bench of 275. I don't think that it's necessarily a problem with strength in the weight room, but it is an application of it on the football field and hand fighting and tossing guys to the side and just being more of a block shedder. Um, that is something that he's going to have to work on, on top of, you know, his agility and stuff like that. But Lastly, I think his weakest skill here are his ball skills. And you can probably be asking, well, how can his ball skills be the weakest when, you know, his pass contest consistency was the highest grade that you gave him? How does that make any sense? Well, here's the thing. He only had one interception and seven pass deflections and several of those, I won't say several, but a handful of those pass deflections could have been interceptions. I think that he left lots of interceptions on the field. And I think that, you know, he needs to work on his hands in the pass game. And, you know, I mean, I think that's the difference between, you know, Ka'ili here going to a Dakota State versus, you know, maybe going to an FB, uh, like an FCS or even FBS outside of the Power Five school. I really think that that made a huge difference. And he's someone who definitely needs to make more, be more of a playmaker in order to step up and, you know, receive those higher level offers. And, you know, that's the difference between safeties who do get looked at and safeties who maybe get overlooked is how many interceptions do you have and how big were the plays that you made. So I think if those areas are addressed for Keeley, I mean, I still graded him at an overall of 60.1. I think that he's right on the level where he needs to be matching his commitment, but uh, could develop into, you know, a two-star kind of player and, you know, uh, could potentially transfer to a D1. However, if he plays out, you know, his years and does get that academic scholarship at uh, Dakota State, then, you know, that's fine and he'll have a, ah, a fine and solid career there at Dakota State. Um I could probably see him getting on the field a year one, honestly, but if he doesn't, 
he could be a you know second year role player and contributor and then a two-year starter definitively at uh, dakota state barring you know other recruitments or whatever but uh very skilled football player does a lot of things very well great in pass coverage and uh just needs a little bit work in run coverage and then catching the ball but that's all i have to say for keili casco out uh, or casco out of mead high school and uh coming up next we're starting to get towards the uh multiple touchdown scores on this squad all right welcome back and talking about another one of these mead maverick players this is actually the only one who's going to be returning next year from this episode and you guessed it that is sean medlock sean thank you for requesting on this episode sean standing in at five foot six 155 pounds according to his max preps you know sean was you know that other kind of option here on this mead squad you know he was fourth on the team in rushing but you know third in rushing touchdowns and then you know he was second on the team in receiving yards with 357 and six scores so you know Overall, as a junior, had 13 touchdowns, nearly 800 yards of offense, and, you know, definitely saw less looks, but made the most of his carries. For having at least 50 attempts, he led the team in average yards per carry with 7.1, so being that explosive back and, you know, ripping off a long of 46 and making sure to get into the end zone basically any time he had his hands on the ball, and then, you know, averaged 14 yards per poor reception and so how did sean medlock accomplish these things as a junior in a crowded backfield and receiving corps and let me tell you how you know his highest rated category for me was a 7.8 in acceleration sean is somebody else who definitely needs to not i repeat not you know speed up your film that's still a little frustrating to see but regardless you know i think that uh his acceleration is very evident. He gets up to his top speed very, very quickly. And that's why he's able to catch defenses off guard. And, you know, in addition to that, his agility slash change of direction is just phenomenal. I have it rated out at 7.3. You know, he pulls off a couple of spin moves, some really big jukes and some quick cuts. And I think that all of that leads to, you know, a very hard to tackle back and a very explosive back. He kind of reminds me, you know, I want to say he was like the Darren Sproles-esque player of this Mead backfield who was put in there to rip off some big plays and give defenses headaches with his just insane athleticism. But, uh, you know, and his speed too, I have that rated at a seven. I think that he's really fast um, and, you know, one of the faster in-game players between Corby and Evan, but, uh, you know, Corby and Evan being a little bit more rounded. Anyways, I digress. He has a handful of categories in the sixes here, you know, like his blocking, I have rated out of 6.8. He has very high motor and he blocks downfield very well. And then he can kind of chip in the pass game. And these blocking scores, like I said, I can get these very easily from Gavin Garrettson's film as, you know, everyone else has to do something on his film. So there's stuff like that going on. And, you know, he also does a good job of blocking in the run game for his teammates. So... 
Furthermore, you know, his balance slash body control, if you have really good agility and you're able to pull off spin moves, you're gonna have solid balance or, you know, at least body control, I would say. So I have it rated at a, you know, 6.7. He also shows the ability to shrug off some tackles and stay on his feet, mainly the stumble recovery aspect is the balance and body control that gets his score up so high here. He's a really good receiver. I have his receiving rated at a 6.6, actually. You know, he corrals in some crazy catches. He isn't asked to run a very high variety of routes, which is why this is a little bit lower than Corby's. However, you know, he does a great job of making some spectacular catches on the boundary and, you know, in the end zone, showing that he can catch over the shoulder very, very well as well as, you know, catching some screens and swing passes. So, uh, you know, his receiving is only going to get better, as is, you know, his footwork, you know, with his high level of agility, he's got to have really good footwork. It's just a little too choppy sometimes, but ultimately I still have it graded at a 6.2. I think that it's very solid. As far as areas of improvement go, you know, obviously these things in sixes are good, but not great. So he can improve the, some of these things like his footwork being a little bit less choppy his balance slash body control, you know, being a little bit more balanced and being a bit more sturdy and hard to bring down. His blocking, he can work on his pass pro a little bit more and show more leverage and pop in his hits. But mainly it's these categories in the fives. I have his vision at a 5.6. He's another guy who chases the outside way too much, but it is the highest graded vision out of all the meat backs because, you know, he does a great job of looking for those cutback lanes and he can cut back all the way across the field and, you know, create guys who aren't necessarily blockers into blockers for his situation and, you know, create this kind of crosstown traffic. So, you know, he does a good job of doing that, but he still needs to stop chasing the edge so much. In addition to that, you know, his power slash explosiveness, I have it rated at a 5.8. His acceleration is high, but that doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, punishing runs for defenders. And, you know, that also kind of goes hand in hand with his tackle breaking that I have rated out of 5.6. I mean, ultimately at some point, he's probably going to have to put on a handful of weight to gain more power and to gain more of a thump with his, you know, explosiveness and tackle breaking. Or, you know, he just has to become a balance and body control god, you know, on the level of like, you know, Barry Sanders wasn't necessarily the strongest running back, but man... You could swing him, toss him, turn him upside down, and he could still end up on his feet. And so Sean Medlock, you know, with his size and frame, should probably be looking to just do stuff like that. That means strengthening that core quite a bit. So you just have a lot of strength and balance there. And, you know, that could happen in the weight room, but also mainly the football field, making sure that you're not running top heavy, running at a good pad level consistently, making sure that those knees are bent and that you are ready to pop off and into someone at any time. Now, I'm not necessarily sure what his interests look like right now, but with a final grade of a 65.4, you're looking at a potential Division II football player or NAIA football player. I think that, you know, he has the athleticism to get next level looks, but we will see. I know that schools discriminate on size quite a bit, and, you know, that is something that I don't hold against Sean Medlock, but it is something that can hold him back in the recruiting process. But ultimately, you get a phenomenal receiver, you get a very athletic back. I think that he's only gonna become a better receiver this upcoming year, and running backs who can catch are the future of football. So, you know, this is a player worth looking into if you are a school. But that'll do it for Sean Medlock, and, you know, 
Coming up next, we will talk about his predecessor, who set a very high bar for Sean this upcoming season. Hope you're keeping up, PMC fam. We are banging out these Mead Maverick players here, and we are back to the class of 22, talking about the absolute stud of this squad, and that was Evan Morris, the six foot, 215 pound running back, outside linebacker, defensive end, two sport athlete, all state first team football player with a 3.0 GPA. So kudos to Evan Morris there. And so just talking about his numbers real quick, I mean, very obviously, he was the lead dog in this backfield. You know, six foot, 220, that's a great size and frame, but you know, it was a combination of things that allowed him to run for 1,225 yards, 15 scores, catch another 207 and two scores, not to mention throw two touchdowns with a little halfback pass that they could run there. So, you know, leading rusher by, I want to say like double margin, basically, uh, leading score, you know, with his overall um, 17 touchdowns, pretty incredible year that he had. And one that was, you know, reminiscent of a state finalist or state runner up, I should say. And that's exactly what Meade was able to accomplish with Evan Morris in tow. So let's go ahead and talk about his actual grades here. He is the highest graded back out of this group at a 68.1. And he got there through a variety of reasons, but his highest category I had rated at an 8.2. That was his power slash explosiveness. The way that he is able to just very quickly accelerate and punish defenders with a huge thump, a shoulder, or whatever, and catch them off by surprise and just really pop them very brutally is what lands you here at an 8.2, is just being a very punishing runner. Now, he has a couple of categories that also flirt with the 8 range very closely in his agility slash change of direction and his acceleration. Both of these, once again, were the highest rated in this backfield at a 7.9. I think that he can make very quick cuts. He can make very big cuts. You know, he shows agility in a hurdle. That's one reason why his, you know, uh, category was so high here is because of his athleticism to pull off a hurdle as well as spin and huge juke moves. And then his acceleration, he just gets up to speed very, very quickly. He's not necessarily the fastest player on the planet, but, you know, he does get up to speed rather quickly so that is what gets you acceleration that's borderline three star more on the uh, two star side of things this is balance slash body control he's very punching runner but also when people do hit him he can bounce off them and remain on his feet so you know these are things that he does very well and yeah he's just you know, his tackle breaking is also rated at a 6.2, which kind of goes hand in hand with this balance and body control, as well as the agility slash change direction. You know, being able to juke, cut, spin, dive, cut back, yada, yada, as well as lowering your shoulder and getting a few extra yards, bouncing off of, you know, a safety that doesn't necessarily know how to tackle or, you know, spinning off of defensive linemen is all going to earn you high grades and praise in these categories that require you to be a tougher runner. So you know, good stuff in all of those categories and overall a very well-rounded running back here for Meade. 
And speaking of very well round, you know, I have his receiving rated at a 5.3. He didn't catch as much as the other guys, but that doesn't mean that he can't catch. He ran the least route variety, but still showed great promise, especially on screen plays with his vision being a little bit stronger and, you know, just his ability to turn up field and explode into that next gear and accelerate into that next gear was very helpful for him in the pass catching game. But uh, bouncing back to kind of some more categories in the sixes, I have his blocking rated at a 6.6. .6. I think that he's the best pass blocker out of this trio, but isn't really asked to do as much in the run blocking game. So that's why it's not rated necessarily higher. And then, you know, a lot of the time he's doing help pass protect and isn't necessarily going one-on-one -on -one all the time. And so that's why, you know, it's rated here at a 6.6 .6 rather than at, you know, like a seven or an eight. Lastly here in the sixes, you know, is his speed. I have it rated at a 6.9. He has a four, seven, 40 yard dash. I think that it reflects pretty well on the film. I think that he could be a little bit faster in game speed, but overall, you know, is fast enough to rip off some big plays, including a long this year of, I want to say like 50 yards, 55 yards. So, you know, obviously fast enough to still rip off some big gains. And, you know, furthermore, the last category here I have rated in the sixes at a 6.3 is his footwork. I think that he can chop up, switch it up, and, you know, change his base up very easily and very fluidly. You know, his footwork is very fluid here. And I think that, you know, actually, actually I'm even going to put it at a 6.4 upon further reflection here, just because of what he is able to do in the cuts and the juke part of his game, as well as, you know, what he is asked to do acceleration wise. So that's what lands his footwork here at a 6.4. I think it still could be a little bit smoother and his base can be a little bit better, especially in the blocking part of his footwork. But we're starting to get into, you know, areas of improvement a little bit here. His vision, I do have it rated at a 5.8 because he does a great job with the screen game at showing elite vision, and he does use cutback lanes more than the other guys. But I don't know if it's just schematically how this toils out, but I think that there's way too much of an emphasis of aiming for the sideline in this offense, or at least that's what all three of these running backs do. Got to keep your eyes open for more cutback lanes. He does utilize cutback lanes the most and can run up the middle more than the other guys on this list i would probably say but definitely still aims for that sideline a little too much in my opinion then receiving wise um i have it rated out of 5.3 i think it's solid he makes some spectacular catches downfield as well as you know in the past game but using his hands a little bit more and then expanding his route tree are things that i would be looking for for this to improve and then you know talking about you know some of these categories that are in the sixes I think that his tackle breaking can improve, honestly, as well as his balance slash body control. I think that he can shrug off even more tacklers than he did this past year with just more touches and more years of improvement. And so taking all of this into factor, taking all this into account, Evan Morris here is rated at a 68.5. That is the highest out of this three-headed attack that they hosted, you know, this past year and, you know, this state runner-up squad and... You know, it's going to be more than enough to earn my respect. And it was enough to earn an offer. And, you know, for his commitment to 
Colorado Mesa University that's in Grand Junction. I think that this is a phenomenal pickup and that they could have a very dangerous backfield between Evan Morris and potentially Dom Nichols as well. Evan Morris, I think that, honestly, you could ask him to take handoffs this very first year. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with handoffs and or, you know, competed for a starting spot. He's almost rated at a two-star rating. And, you know, I think that developmentally, there is upside for him to be a Division I player. So, you know, there's my two cents on it. But I think that Colorado Mesa has made some phenomenal moves to compete a lot more in their conference this year. And Evan Morris could be a running back on a conference winning squad here at Colorado Mesa University. So congratulations on your commitment and congratulations once again on that 3.0 GPA. It is student athlete. And uh, thank you for requesting to be broken down. And that'll be all for, you know, the athletes and whatnot and linemen. And coming up last, but certainly not least, was the guy who spearheaded this program under center. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to this very special mead flavored episode here where we have talked about that, you know, backfield that included Corby Teku, Sean Medlock, and Evan Morris that's secondary with Ke'ili Casco, and, you know, also the lineman that was requested there, Dalton Brown on the offensive side of the ball. But who is the guy who helped put a lot of this together? Well, that would be Gavin Gerritsen, the two-time first-team All-State, two-time first-team All-Conference quarterback out of Mead High School, standing in at, I want to say, 6'2 or 6'3", 180 five pounds and so let's just dive right into his ratings here he ended up being the highest rated player on this episode at a 74.5 and that was behind four eight point categories to get started with his arm power being an eight his arm accuracy being 8.3 his timing on throws being 8.3 and his overall mechanics slash fluidity being an 8.2 i think that he's a very fundamentally sound quarterback who can make all the throws that you ask him to at a very good level. I think all these are deservingly so three-star ratings as he did make, um, you know, a variety of throws across the field, I would say, you know, in different spots. He was able to, you know, especially accuracy-wise, put it into spectacular bread baskets down the sidelines as well as in the back of the end zone to a variety of players and, you know, help them tiptoe, you know, these little chalk lines and whatnot throughout you know, the season. And yeah, he can make all the throws that you ask him to. I think that he also shows good velocity on, you know, some of his intermediate throws for his arm power, as well as throws kind of by the sidelines, showing great accuracy and timing on those, as well as, you know, good timing on those crossing routes. I'd say that the only thing that isn't, you know, why these aren't nines or something like that is sometimes the pass can be a little bit behind receivers or a little too close to the boundaries or sidelines, forcing a very tough catch for the receivers. Granted, it is the only place that they may be able to make a throw on the ball, but, you know, these take a little bit of a hit as well as, you know, just the route variety. I didn't see a lot of comebacks or like dig routes that do rely on very high level of accuracy or timing. So that's the only reason why those aren't a little bit higher. And then, you know, for his mechanics, 
slash, you know, fluidity. I think that he can get a little caught up sometimes or hold on to the ball and clutch it a little too long. But overall, these are still all three-star categories and reflections of a Division I quarterback. Elaborating a little bit more, talking about categories that are in that two-star range, but still very good. His scramble ability, I have that rated at a 7.7. He was an a threat on the ground this year, rushing for 554 yards. Um, not as many touchdowns, but I mean, honestly, a half thousand yards, including, you know, a hundred yard game against Roosevelt in the playoffs is a very impressive showing. And as the year went on, he trusted his legs a lot more and more, you know, starting basically with that Thompson Valley game when he broke the 50 yard mark. He would run for over 50 yards in every game except for one after that. And even in that one that he didn't, it was still 11 and a half yards per carry. So, you know, he developed into quite the scrambler, you know, in that second half of the season. And he's always been a very good athlete. So I don't think it was really a surprise to anyone what he was capable of running the football, showing power and poise, especially. You know, speaking of poise, I think that's where his pocket awareness rating comes in he does a good job of feeling pressure in the pocket and you know his poise in the pocket is something that'll leave you in awe I mean he just stands so strong in the pocket and I have that graded at a 7.6 I think that he's just a very cognizant quarterback who's very aware of his surroundings and this is especially true inside the pocket the only reason it's not rated a little bit higher is sometimes he doesn't see the blitz before it happens and, you know, it's not, it's not always there. So it's a consistency thing, but it's not like a lack of skill kind of thing. Then, you know, his frame slash size, 7.6. Not going to dive too much further into that. But, you know, his lowest categories are still in the six range. And that's in, you know, pocket movement. I think that he can manipulate the pocket a little bit better, but he does a really good job, good job of stepping up in the pocket and he can move left to right as well as escape the pocket. So he can do all of it very basically and some of the things he can step into throws and whatnot very well and, you know, step into hits. But, you know, I just think that he can move his pocket a little bit better or create new pockets slash kind of step up to the left a little bit more. He doesn't do that as much to the left. Throw on the run ability, I have it rated out of 6. He isn't asked to make very hard throws on the run, but the throws that he does make are solid throws on the run. So that's why it's rated out of 6. And then decision-making skills, this was the hardest one to grade because, you know, he throws 21 touchdowns to only 8 interceptions. I think that he does a good job of protecting the football for the most part. He does make some risky throws, but the biggest reason why this isn't necessarily higher is because I think that the route trees are very simple and he's not looking through all of his reads all the time. And at most, he's probably a three-read quarterback versus, you know, four or five reads that you'll see in really crazy spread offenses. But a lot of these nitpicky things can be addressed with just higher volume on the next level. I think that, honestly, he's a steal at a 74.5 rating for Chadron State. I have him rated as a two-star quarterback, honestly, with a lot of upside. Now, he is plagued by some inconsistencies in, you know, completion percentage throughout the season, but I think that, you know, mentally he can overcome these obstacles. He's still almost through for 60% completion percentage his senior year, so, you know, I wouldn't be 
surprised if these are things that he fixes rather quickly. But, you know, I still think that these are areas of improvement that uh, Chadron State, I mean, look, Gavin Garrison, I'm not sure what their roster looks like at Chadron, but I feel like he compete, he can compete for the starting job literally right now. Um, if not, he's at least a two-year starter, depending on depth chart and stuff, but I could see him being a three to four-year starter at Chadron State and helping compete for some conference titles as well there. You know, quarterback being the most important position and him having almost led this, you know, this very talented and deep mead squad, mind you, with lots of players. But, you know, he was integral to me being able to make it to a state championship appearance. And, you know, that's my analysis of Gavin Gerritsen, as well as all of these mead guys. Thank you so much for your patience, as it did take us a little long to get to you, but better late than never. And that'll do it for this edition of Requests Mead Edition on Playmakers Corner Podcast. I have been your host, Cody Stoffer. Make sure to find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch, all either at Playmakers Corner or Playmaker Corner or some variation of that. Um, you know, our Twitch stream, go ahead and follow us there. We try and do a Twitch stream every week. It's probably going to increase to one to two a week, honestly. So look forward to that as well as, you know, episodes that come out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. We announce all of those episode releases on social media. So just keep your ear to the ground on that and follow us on there so you get notifications of all those or just follow slash like us or subscribe on any of those podcast platforms so you get notifications whenever we post a new episode. I have been your host, Cody Stoffer, and peace.